Welcome to the Kevin White Show. This is the podcast helping you to prosper in the presence of God. Thank you for subscribing, reviewing, and sharing the show. Kevin White is a global pastor, best-selling author, and international speaker sharing God's message of prosperity for all nations. Kevin has flown over a million miles to 27 different countries and spoken to thousands of audiences throughout the world. As a serial entrepreneur, Kevin has helped start hundreds of businesses, nonprofits, and churches. Kevin's three books, Audacious Generosity, Get to the Point, and What's Your Word, are international bestsellers with over 2 million copies sold worldwide. Kevin is the CEO of Spirit Media, a full-service publishing and marketing company in North Carolina. Okay, who's ready to prosper in the presence of God? Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together and help welcome your friend and mine, Kevin White. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. I am so grateful. Today is America's birthday. Happy birthday, America. It is July the 4th, 2023, and I hope you are doing great. Uh, anyone in America and around the world, join me in reversing God bless America to America bless the Lord. Um, praise God for America, but may we really rise up and bless the Lord in these days. So while we are celebrating America's birthday today, uh, we are talking about the word way. Today's word is way. And over the years, I've heard great messages about the kingdom of God and God's way uh, of really ruling the world related to his kingdom. Recently, I heard one of the best messages I've ever heard because it took bits and pieces of different things about the kingdom that I've heard over the years and solidified it in one easy to understand message. It's a message entitled Multiply by Pastor Jabin Chavez as he preached at Elevation Church recently. And I want to share excerpts of that message with you today as we look at God's way. Jabin, take it away. Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. Um, I also want to just quickly honor my friend, uh, Chunks Corbett, who means the world to me. I love you, bro. Thank you for, thank you for your friendship. Matthew 25, verse 14. Uh, the verse starts with again. And the reason it says again is because Jesus is telling us kingdom stories. He's telling us parables. He's teaching us about the kingdom of God. And so he's been sharing different pictures, different stories, different ideas, different parables about the kingdom. And now he's going to share another one. Uh, forgive me, I have a six-year-old daughter. He's dropping blues clues about the kingdom of God. He's, he's showing us how the kingdom operates. This is important because you are a part of the kingdom. You're a kingdom citizen. Jesus preached the kingdom, but for most of us, we kind of don't know how the kingdom operates. So we we have entered into this thing called the kingdom of his dear son. But if you don't understand how the kingdom works, you're going to be constantly frustrated by the king and his kingdom. And so Jesus is teaching us how the kingdom operates so that we can experience the kingdom, which is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. And that's where he is right now. He's on his journey. 
He's entrusted us with gifts, talents, and abilities, and he wants to see what we're going to do with them. Then he went on the journey. The man who'd received five bags of gold went at once. He put his money to work, gained five more. Also, the one with two bags gained two more, but the one who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. And his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. How many want to hear that one day? Well done. I want to hear well done. I don't want to hear well. You're done. I ain't trying to hear that. All right, I want to hear. I want to hear well done. I'm going to put you in charge of many things. You were faithful with a few things. I'm going to put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Now, now the same exact thing would happen to the man with two bags of gold. We're going to skip now to verse 24. Now, the one who had received one bag of gold, he, he came and said, Master, I knew you were a hard man. Now, time out, time out. You, you don't see that. When you read the text, you do not see Jesus as a hard man. You see him very kind, very trusting. Very empowering. I mean, he's passing out bags of gold. Come on, somebody. Like, he's not a harsh man. He's not a hard man. I don't know anybody passing out bags of gold today. I mean, this is incredible. But, but see, his view of God was going to limit his potential. This is why Tozer said that what you think about when you think about God is the most important thing about you. Because your theology will dictate your purpose more than anything else. So, so he accuses the Lord. I knew you were a harsh man. I knew you were a harsh man, a hard man, harvesting where you've not sown, gathering where you've not scattered seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. And his master replied, you wicked and lazy, lazy servant, you knew that a harvest where I've not sown and gather where I've not scattered seed. Well then, you could have at least put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I could have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more. This is a mentality. It's a, it's a spirit. It's a, it's a stronghold of, I have something. It's a good stronghold. I, I have something. And because I have, God will give me more. But whoever does not have, again, this is a stronghold. This is an idea. This is a mentality. If you, if you don't think you have anything, even what you do have will be taken from them. I want to talk from the idea today, multiply, multiply. And I believe God wants to say a few things today in Jesus' name. Can I get an amen? amen. High five two more people. Tell them multiply, multiply. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Multiply. If I was to ask most believers in the room most believers in America, what was God's first commandment to his first man, Adam? Most of us would think that God's first command to his first man was do not eat the tree. But that isn't God's first command. God's first command actually was not no, it was yes. And you got to understand that this is important because this is how God begins his conversation and his relationship with mankind. If God would have began with a no, that would have been very harsh. But God actually begins his conversation with a yes. Now, imagine for all the parents in the house, I have a daughter, she's six years old. 
If the nurses would have handed me that baby six years ago and I would have held little Goldie Ray Chavis in my hands and I would have just said, no. I don't know what you got planned. I don't know what you're trying to do. Stop crying. You better get potty trained quick. No, no, no. Those nurses are going to take her as quickly as they gave her. No, my, my first words to my baby were not no. They were something like, girl, whatever you want. <laughs> yes. And can I tell you, God's first word to his first man and his words to you are the same. They are yes. And here were his first words to his first man, and God blessed them. That's how God started his conversation. God blessed them, and he said, be fruitful, multiply, subdue. This is all yours, Adam. Go for it. This was God's first word to his first man, and if Adam would have been obeying God's first command, he would have never been tempted with Satan's lie. If Adam would have been subduing and multiplying and working the garden, when Eve would have said, hey, babe, come over here. I want you to meet my new friend. His name's Louie. God bless you if your name's Louie, but... Uh, He's this, he's this cute little snake. He, 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 he's been talking to me. If Adam would have been walking in his purpose, if Adam would have been walking in his blessing, and if Adam would have been walking in God's yes, when Eve introduced Adam to Lucifer, Adam would have said, get out of my garden. Because see, we all have a garden. Eden is simply a picture of our life. It's something to work. It's something to multiply. It's something to grow. It's, it's something to trust God with. Eden is your garden of opportunity, your place of possibility, the place of multiplication. And just like Adam and Eve had Eden, you have a life that God is giving you opportunity. Because see, Eden wasn't supposed to stay in the boundaries of those four rivers. Eden was eventually supposed to cover the entire earth. It was supposed to multiply. It was supposed to grow. And your life is a garden. And in your life, there is the presence of God and the presence of an enemy. The voice of God and the voice of an accuser. Opportunities and temptations. Possibilities and limitations. We all have a garden. Your marriage, friends, is a garden. Your singleness, where are my single people at? Can I just hear, make a little bit of noise? Praise the Lord. Look around, see if anybody. Your singleness, your purity is a garden. Your heart is a garden. Your soul is a garden. Your your business is a garden. Your future is a garden. It's it's something that God gives you in a raw state that you can grow, that you can multiply, that you can enlarge, that you can fight for, that you can kick devils out of, that you can invite God into. We all have a garden. It's not fully developed, but there is opportunity all around us. God provided the garden, the conditions for people to grow, something to work, something to till, something to harvest, something to multiply. So here's a few things I want you to understand about the text that we just read from Matthew 25. And the first is this, God is a giver. Can I get an okay amen at the 930? All right, all right. God's a giver. If you want to know how God treats you and what God does in your life, we got to go